there again. Uh, this is Beck Barnes and Jim Stebman coming at you with the world-famous Cotton Companion. This is the 47th episode of Cotton Companion that we're bringing to you here in this mid at the end of the first full week, but really second week of May. It's May 10. How about I put it like that? It's May 10 as we are recording. And uh, whether you are joining us from Seagraves, Texas, or from Sykeston, Missouri, or any point in between in this fine cotton belt of ours, we welcome you back. Uh, I am joined today, as always, by my partner in crime, Cotton Cotton Growers Senior Editor, Mr. Jim Stebman. Howdy, Jim. Hello, Beck, and hello, everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we're glad to be back with y'all. We are actually freshly back from our corporate home. We were up in our corporate offices up in Willoughby, Ohio, which we reference each week on this or each episode on this podcast. We mm-hmm. Traveled up there to be with all of our coworkers. It was a great week. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there was a, uh, we do a company-wide editorial uh, awards program for all of our editors across the company at the end of the deal. And my partner here, Jim Stedman, cleaned up at that thing. He got him, he got him some trophies that he had trouble uh, getting through security <laughs> on the flight back. But nonetheless, I know he's happy to have him and they were well-deserved. So congratulations to him. Well, thank you. And apparently TSA was uh, was very interested about that strange object sitting in, in my suitcase. Well, so. you can never be too sure. You, you know, can never you, be too sure, but... You, you, know, look, was... you look like a surly character coming through there. You <laughs> I'm be... always threatening, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, again, it, those were well-deserved and, and we are happy to be with y'all. I uh, before we get started here, I want to uh, get a quick word from our sponsors in list. So bear with us. We'll bring you that word right now. This episode of Cotton Companion is brought to you by the Enlist Weed Control System, ready to help you control tough weeds with 2,4-D choline featuring inherent low volatility. Okay, so uh, we know that you guys are preparing to plant out there. Y'all may have already gotten started planting. Hopefully, I think Jim's going to give us a crop progress update to give me a little more clarity on that. But um, uh, the weather is warming up, and hopefully it's going to dry up soon. If you're like us here in the Mid-South, we just had another pretty strong storm blow through yesterday. It was actually happening as we were flying back from Ohio, but uh, my folks were texting me pictures from down there in Leland, Mississippi, and and just everything's flooded out. You know, I was telling Jim earlier, I two past couple episodes, I've made jokes about how wet it is in the Mid-South, and, and I know, understand now that it ain't a laughing matter anymore. I mean, you guys, uh, I know many of y'all are looking at replant situations at this point, and it's just frustrating. And so just know that we're, you know, our, uh, our hearts are with y'all and uh, we hate it for you. And and <laughs> if it ain't one thing, it's another uh, when you're trying to make a living in this in this business as it is. So, uh, you know, we're thinking about y'all and, and uh, we know there's brighter days ahead, literally and figuratively. So that said, we got a great episode for y'all today. Uh, we are going to have a little more condensed version of the program. Uh, it's going to be an efficient Cotton Companion episode. Right now, we're going to bring you a very brief custom content segment featuring our own custom content editor, Miss Robin Sickberg. She recently had a chance to sit down and talk with Phytogen Cotton Development Specialist Chris Main. Chris, our old buddy, many of y'all will remember, was an extension here in Tennessee, our uh, adoptive home state, Jim's home state, my adoptive home state. So we know Chris well, and uh, we're going to bring you that interview between Robin and Chris right now. Hello, I'm Robin Sitberg, custom content editor for Meister Media Worldwide publisher of Cotton Grower Magazine. I'm here today with Chris Main, Phytogen Cotton Development Specialist. And welcome to the program, Chris. Uh, Thank you, Robin. It's great to be here. As the cotton season gets underway, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about some of the cotton technologies you work with. 
So first, can you tell me why more cotton growers are planting the Phytogen W3FE varieties? Yes, Robin. Uh, cotton growers uh, across the belt are choosing the W3FE cotton varieties by Phytogen because of the ability to control pests in their field that are of economic importance, whether it's uh, worm control with the Wide Strike 3 technology or if it's controlling troublesome weeds with uh, the technologies of Enlist and Roundup Ready Flex uh, with the added benefit of being able to apply glufosinate herbicide Growers are excited to have control options for these troublesome pests. Okay, you mentioned uh, the Enlist system. What are, what are the key benefits with that? The Enlist system provides a lot of flexibility as far as herbicide application is concerned. Um, the 2,4-D choline product in Enlist One provides really good control of troublesome weeds and being able to partner that with uh, tank mixes of glyphosate or glufosinate herbicides broadens that spectrum and gives growers the opportunity to get the burn down and control that they've come to expect with uh, these over-the-top herbicides. Okay, excellent. Uh, lastly, what are the key benefits of Wide Strike 3? Uh, Wide Strike 3 is a very exciting product because of the, the third BT gene that's involved. Uh, that gene, the VIP gene, provides excellent control of troublesome worm pests like uh, cotton bollworm, but it also provides us the ability to uh, manage resistance uh, within worm populations so that they're not being exposed to the same BT proteins uh, year after year. Okay. Well, we've got to wrap up, but uh, I want to ask you where farmers can get more information on Enlist Cotton, the Enlist E3 soybeans, and the Enlist weed control system. Growers can go to Enlist.com for information about Enlist, or they can visit uh, PhytogenCottonseed.com for information about Phytogen Cottonseed. Okay, thanks, Chris. Okay, well, thank you, Robin, and thank you, Chris Main. Uh, and so we're going to start out as we always do with my man Jim Stebbin here leading us in a uh, discussion of the, the uh, newsiest news items of the day. And then after that, we're going to have a Market Minute update, and then uh, we'll be in to, to wrap things up immediately after that. So it's a great episode, a streamlined episode, as I say. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Jim here, who is going to lead us in that news segment. Take it away, Jim. Thank you, Beck. Uh, we've got just a few items for today's news discussion. As Beck mentioned, we're going to start with the USDA crop progress numbers. Uh, these are the numbers as of May 6th, uh, showing that 18% of the U.S. cotton crop has, has been planted, which is pretty much on target with the five-year average of 19% uh, but for, this, uh, for this time period. As you would expect, Arizona and California are leading the way with 60 and 70% uh, planted, respectively. Uh, and, and actually both of which are actually behind their five-year average for this state, just by a few percentage points. Uh, overall, the states in the southeast are making really good headway with some good planting conditions so far. Uh, some areas uh, have gotten some timely rains. Uh, some other areas need some timely rains at this point. But so far, those states are running either right on or up to about 8% above their five-year average for planting. When we get to the Mid-South, though, Wet conditions continuing to slow progress here, with all states in the Mid-South currently running below the five-year average. As Beck mentioned, we had some additional rain this week. There's a little bit more in the short-term forecast, and so it may be another week before growers are actually able to catch up on their planting. I'm looking ahead at the forecast for this area for the next week. Looks like we've got some, uh, some good sunny days 
ahead after we get through a little bit more rain this weekend. Uh, but obviously with the rain also come weeds, and we understand that growers are, uh, are watching to see how well their pre-emerge applications are holding or if they're going to have to come back with another shot behind the planter. Uh, when we move over to the southwest, Kansas, Oklahoma, and the Texas High Plains, they're just waiting out rain and cooler temperatures right now before getting started in earnest. There's been a little bit of planting, but very, very, uh, very minimal in that area. Uh, right now, 16% of the entire Texas cotton crop has been planted. And again, that's primarily those areas in the southern and coastal areas of the state. Uh, but some heavy rain and flooding over the past week, especially in the Blacklands areas, have stalled progress and are going to likely lead to some replants in many areas. So, uh, you know, long story short, we're, uh, we're dealing with the weather issues. Uh, there are some reports of uh, some issues with seed supply in some areas. Uh, and obviously, as, as we do as see every year, uh, we've got some crop insurance deadlines that are starting to pop up on the calendar and getting close. So uh, obviously, the next couple of weeks will be fairly critical for this year's crop. Uh, and hopefully uh, productive and uh, and not too exciting yeah. for uh, for folks. Yeah, conditions are kind of crazy all over the map. I know. I, I, if I was checking out the Cotton Grower Twitter timeline uh, just a couple of days ago, and and a good friend of the magazine up there, and I believe he's in Whiteface, Texas. It's been like eight years since I was on his farm to interview him, but he posted a picture. It looked like snow at, at, at the end of his rows, but it was the previous night's little hail. But it was so cold that it did, it had not melted off right. after it hit the ground. Right. So it's like, man, it's May, and he's got ice, you know, mm-hmm. effectively ice at the at his end rows. So uh, it's a crazy time out there. Again, it's probably y'all have seen it all. There's nothing new under the sun for a lot of y'all, y'all longtime farmers. But man, we're we're rooting for it to warm up and dry out just as much as y'all are. Absolutely. Moving ahead, uh, we kind of had a what I would think of as uh, consider sort of a fairly unusual move at this point in the season. But uh, here within the past week, folks at BASF have added three new dicamba-tolerant Stoneville seed varieties to uh, to this year's cotton portfolio. Obviously, each of these varieties is tolerant to all of the approved dicamba herbicides, uh, but also to Liberty and Glyphosate, and all of them include the Bogard 3 trait for uh, enhanced worm control. I'm not gonna go into a lot of details about these varieties because you can find more, uh, more information online. Two of the varieties, uh, ST4990B3XF and ST56610B3XF. It's not rolling off the tongue very easily. Yeah, but they're always a mouthful. But always are. <laughs> always are. Uh, these are. These two varieties are pretty widely adaptable from the East Coast all the way across to Arizona. The third variety, which is ST4480B3XF, uh, is going to be a better fit in Oklahoma, Kansas, West Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. So in making the announcement this week, company management basically said they wanted to provide some additional options and opportunity for growers who may still be finalizing seed decisions for this year. Uh, They're also planning to put these varieties in their 2019 trial program and help build additional performance data to, uh, to help the company refine placement for these varieties for the 2020 season. Like I said, more detail on all of this can be found in our article on cottongrower.com or uh, pick up the phone and call your local BASF representative. Yeah, yeah it's a little unusual to be releasing them this late in the year, but also we just got done talking about all the potential replant situations that are going to be going on. So, you know, maybe 
maybe not so such a bad idea from uh, from those folks at Stoneville to have something new out there. Always good to have some more options. Yeah, absolutely. And one final piece of information for growers who particularly particularly growers up in the Texas High Plains area, uh, we have seen over the past week uh, some messages from Texas A&M AgriLife Extension and from Plains Cotton Growers. Uh, who are encouraging growers who might be interested in planting Pima cotton in that area this season to please make sure to verify the source of the seed you're intending to plant and avoid planting any seed that's been sourced from California or from the El Paso Valley regions where the Fusarium wilt race 4 fungus has been confirmed. This new race 4 uh, disease was first detected in California in the early 2000s most recently discovered in the upper Rio Grande Valley area in Texas. And the primary reason for concern is there's currently no variety of upland cotton that is resistant to this disease. And once it gets introduced into a farm, it's a permanent infestation, and there are no chemical control options for it at this point. Now, to be certain, the issue is not about whether growers should or should not plant Pima. That's, that's your personal decision but it's about the opportunity to continue to produce upland cotton, which is the primary varieties that are planted in the High Plains region. Uh, It could be a significant problem until resistant upland varieties can be developed and are commercially available, but that's likely, as as we all know, about several years down the road. So uh, just something to keep in mind for you folks up on the High Plains if if you're looking for some options this year. Yeah, I I saw that uh, PCG's Facebook page kind of sent out a message on this topic and they had to be very careful. You know, they said, listen, we're not in the business of trying to instruct any farmer on what uh, uh, Upland or Pima, you know, between those two, what you should be planting, anything of that nature. But this, this is a serious situation. You know, I mean, they were, they had to be careful with the way they phrased it, but it was an important, a serious enough message that it needed to be said. So, um, you know, I know that, that y'all guys out there in, in West Texas are aware and, and doing what needs to be done. So, Absolutely. Well, I believe that's that's all from you. Is that right, Jim? That's it. That's it for our news items. Very good. Thank you, sir. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, Jim here recently had a chance to sit down and talk with a well-respected cotton market analyst for our Market Minute update. And I am going to let Jim bring you that interview right now. Welcome to this episode's Market Minute. We're joined once again by Dr. John Robinson, Professor of Ag Economics at Texas A&M University. John, thank you for joining us again today. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, I think it's an understatement to say it's been kind of an interesting week for those who watch the cotton market. Uh, And just a a question to get discussion going. If I'm a grower and I'm still waiting for fields to dry out after rains over the last that seem to never end, uh, trying to get out to plant, I see a neutral at best supply demand report from USDA and I see the trade deal with China now apparently on a on a very slippery slope what what would you suggest I do right now well uh, not not to, not to say I told you so but uh, there's very few opportunities to do anything now if you're committed to putting seed in the ground or you already have um, there's little you can do except uh, except wait for what might be a brief but I would say expected bounce in these markets and we've sold off hugely hugely uh, 12 cents in two weeks 
that, that's a really large, um, large move. It's spec-driven. Um, typically, we get in kind of an oversold situation, and other people step back in. Now we're not, we're not seeing them step back in this morning, um, but I'd be really surprised if uh, if we didn't have some kind of a a rebound from this. And and I would point out that the China influence here. The uncertainty of it, which so far has been unfolding to the downside, well, actually, it's been unfolding as a long sideways thing. We were stuck in the low 70s for the longest time, and now we've taken a big tumble. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'm trying to get to the point. We could we could be surprised by a resolution as well. I mean, these things are kind of out of our hands, um, and who knows what they've already agreed to, and they're just posturing and until such time that they want to do the next action, um, we could be surprised by the resolution of it. Or we could be surprised, these markets could, these speculators that influence the market could be surprised by the next couple of planting reports that come out or something. It's, it's, it's always uncertain, and this, it's early enough in the year, in the spring of the year, that this is the time where we typically get all kinds of volatility. So what I'm saying is if the best thing to do, if we don't know what to do right now and the best thing seems to be perhaps just to wait, um, be poised and ready to take action when there is a bounce. Now, I'd have to tag on to that. Some people may choke on the If there's a five-cent bounce and we're back all the way to 71 when – when a week ago we were at 75, and a couple of weeks before that we were at 78, uh, it's human tendency to want to hold on until we, you know, get back to to uh, make up the losses that uh, we perceive we've already suffered. Well, that that's not the rational thing to do. If it gets back to 71, there's you had mentioned the the uh, WASDI reports that came out. You know, they were they weren't as bearish as they could have been on the new crop side. But uh, my opinion, I think. I think we're probably going to end up planting a whole lot of cotton regardless of this wetness or in spite of it in a surprising fashion. I think we're going to have a big crop issue mm-hmm. pressure, pressuring prices. Uh, so if we have a rebound from this huge selling that's happened in a short period of time, I would, if I was a grower, I would take advantage of it, even if it's, even if it's really just pre- preventing more losses, even if I'm selling at cash contract prices in the upper 60s, I would be jumping on some of that because we could just as easily have cash contract prices under 60, you know, in a month or two. Right. Uh, I know there's been all sorts of, over the last couple of days, been all sorts of rumors flying around. I know the, uh, I guess what, the, the new deadline for the original market facilitation program was stretched to the 17th of this month. Uh, because some folks were still harvesting and, and all of that. And now we've got rumors starting to fly out of Washington that maybe there's going to be some additional aid. Uh, have you heard anything about this? What, uh, how, how can this help? How, you know, what influence could it have on the market? Uh, well, the only influence I would see is if it keeps somebody who was iffy on putting seed in the ground mm-hmm. with what's happened if it keeps them doing it, that's really the only influence if it's linked to production. Otherwise, it's just um, it's a gimme from the government. You know, by all means, take it uh, if it comes along. Um, having said all that, I'm, I'm not really in the know or connected to comment on, uh, yeah. on those kinds of developing policy issues. 
Well, as 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 we've seen, things are, seems to be happening on the fly right now. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, I guess from a policy standpoint, I would say what's already on the books may be um, a huge help, and that is growers with the new farm program, mm -hmm. uh, well, which what became the farm program going into the new farm program, we have the PLC for seed cotton, and, and that is for people that have, let me hesitate, or not hesitate, let me add, for people that have cotton base, uh, and not all cotton growers do, uh, it that's good. That will pay um, with the decline in prices and lint prices that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. That payment's going to get bigger up and up until a grower runs up against payment limits. But there's there's going to be a lot of buffering from that. So I'm very very thankful that that program uh, is in place by the by the hard work of the of the Cotton Council and others uh, to get it uh, to get cotton back in there. That that's going to That'll provide some buffer that perhaps nothing else will from this decline in prices. That's great. I'm sure that's something that most growers are keeping in mind right now, and if they're not, they should be. But uh, anyway, John, I think that takes care of all the questions I have at this point, and uh, thank you again for joining us. That's uh, no, Cotton Companion Market Minute. Uh, let's just hope that next thing that things are going to feel a little bit better uh, when we visit, visit again. I look forward to that. All right. Great, thank you. We'll be right back with the rest of the Cotton Companion. All right, so we'll, we will now hear a brief message from our sponsor, Enlist, and then I'll be back to get you out of here. Cotton farmers are facing many challenges as the 2019 growing season gets underway. Among them are insect and weed pressure. Farmers who plant Phytogen brand W3FE varieties with Wide Strike 3 insect protection and the Enlist cotton trait get help with both. Wide Strike 3 insect protection provides season-long control against a wide spectrum of damaging Lepidoptera, including improved control of cotton bollworm. Meanwhile, the Enlist trait allows cotton farmers to use either Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo herbicide post-emergence to tackle tough weeds. Both Enlist herbicides contain 2,4-D choline. This form of 2,4-D features inherently low volatility to stay on target after application. Cotton farmers who plant Phytogen W3FE varieties get the best of both worlds, insect protection and weed control. Learn more at Enlist.com. So, all right, that's going to just about do it for this installment of the Cotton Companion podcast, the 47th episode of the Cotton Companion pod podcast. Uh, we want to thank uh, all of our guests for joining us today. Uh, again, and we want to thank you, our dear listener, for joining us as well. And as always, we thank our uh, sponsors, the good folks at Corteva, for sponsoring us. If you like what you're hearing, then by all means, tell your farmer buddies about this podcast. We get a look at our metrics with each passing episode and uh, can see those numbers creeping up just a little bit. So a big thank you to those of you who do uh, this little instructive part of each episode and tell your buddies about us. They were willing to put up with us for it, a few minutes. Exactly. And, and well, our, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We truly do. So uh, if you do tell your buddies about us, you can tell them to get to our podcast in these three, three easy ways. The first, simply go to cottongrower.com, add forward slash companion, such that it reads cottongrower.com slash companion. It'll take you to a landing page to find all 47 of these episodes. 
Second good way, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever it is that you find your podcast these days. We know that y'all are listening to more podcasts as we get into the production season and you're spending those long hours in the cab of the tractor. So uh, yeah, find us on iTunes, include us in your rotation. We'd love to join you there. Third way, best way to make sure you catch every episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast is to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-newsletter. Hit your mailbox like clockwork every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe and uh, very intuitive from there. Give us your email address and we will make sure you get each uh, e-newsletter every week. Also, please make sure to follow us on social media. We are Cotton Grower Magazine and uh, I personally am at Beck underscore CG mag on Twitter. And I only mention that this time because if you follow me there, you can see the picture I posted of our man, Jim Stedman, taking home the hardware last week. <laughs> and, uh, but, and that's a great uh, tweet too, but there's also a lot of very newsy stuff that I post from that uh, Twitter account as well. So anyhow, look for us on Twitter. If you do Twitter on Facebook, you can find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. We hope that you are enjoying our latest issue, which at this point is still the April issue. Our next issue, the May-June issues combined issue, will be hitting your mailboxes uh, here in about a month's time, the second week of June, so be on the lookout for that. This podcast is produced by Mr. Tyler Hatch, who works at the mothership Meister Media Worldwide in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. My name is Beck Barnes, and I'm going to be back with you in two weeks for the next episode of The Cotton Companion. For now, on behalf of my own cotton companion, Jim Stebman, we wish you and your farm all the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cotton Companion. Visit Enlist.com to learn more about the Enlist weed control system and to hear from farmers experiencing the technology.